0: hey guys welcome back to the chatter from the cheap seats podcast where we talk about life sports and everything in between i'm your host jack bowman alongside my co-hosts ori Achen and sammy krimstein we got a great show for you guys today. Uh, Make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at chatter underscore pod. Make sure to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple and, yeah, or Apple Podcast. And, yes, Sammy, how you doing today? Good. Uh, Baseball's back. Like I said last episode. Baseball's Baseball's back. Back again. Yeah. Baseball's back. Not only. Back again. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay Sorry. not only not only uh MLB baseball but you know at the high school level we're getting back into the swing of things a little bit I, that was not, pun wasn't intended but ha swing baseball but um <laughs> yeah uh we, we've had practice this week like uh all week actually um and yeah uh, it's it really hot but it's super fun to get back out there uh getting to see the guys again like I said last episode and Just getting all those reps, super important after having three months of barely any baseball. So I'm really liking, uh, you know, how things are going. Uh, How how about you, Rory?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm in good spirits because it's been nice out. So I've been able to get outside, been doing a lot of stuff. We finally turfed up the mound that I built. Um, We bought some turf and we got that on. Um, So now it's ready to go other than that i mean i've just been chilling ha- having a good time trying to you know make the best of the, obviously the situation uh what about you jack
0: uh yeah i'm you know same thing i threw a bullpen today uh i pitched very well on my last pitch i just you know when you throw that last fastball on your bullpen you just try to throw it as hard as you possibly can yeah 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 i just threw it it was top upper are it was like mid left corner, right on the black. Probably it might have been the hardest pitch I've ever thrown, and it was a flat ground. It wasn't even a mound. It was so, so like weird.
2: fifty-five.
0: No, it was from sixty feet. I measured. I measured it. In no, no, no. Plate. I'm
2: saying like fifty-five miles per hour.
0: Oh, oh, funny. Haha. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have a comedian. But anyway, no. no. Uh, I've been I've been doing good. I watched a couple episodes of Seinfeld today. Uh, That's which one. is my favorite TV show of all good time. I've listened to a podcast about Seinfeld called signcast which I love that so I listened to that uh listened to survivor podcast I, I listen to a lot of podcasts um I had my second to last day at driver's ed which is so terrible it's just like yeah an hour of a guy talking and then another another hour of you seeing drug people getting into car accidents
1: yeah like really when, bad when can you uh, get your permit
0: um well I have I have like my test tomorrow to pass Ooh. driver's ed all and right. then I have my permit test next week.
1: Wow. Good good luck. That's wow. uh, I'm, I'm a little like younger on the younger side of, you know, people in my grade. So I kind of have to wait, but I, I'm thinking about doing driver's ed uh, soon for sure. You should definitely
0: do it as soon as possible because it's online really? right now. And I can just imagine if it was in person, it's It would be so much worse. Like That's definitely so true, try to do it oh, okay. when it's online. And also, uh next week I'm going to sports broadcasting camp, Bruce Beck. Uh and apparently oh, okay. there are gonna be some pretty interesting guests and famous people guests. So nice. I'll try to keep you guys tuned on that. But anyway, that wraps up the banter segment. And I, I <laughs> like that name. Just banter. You know, it's I it's answer. a fun word it's to such say such a nice word.
1: Such it a, is nice a fun word, word to
0: there say. are some words where you're just like
1: yeah, that, that, what are that some other real. ones? Let's
0: let's brainstorm here. We got banter. What other words make you like?
2: I like moist, bro. Moist, moist is, is oh.
0: really moist is that's a hot moist. Take. That's a very moist. hot. Take that right is there. a hot take because I have a friend. Wow. Uh, he was actually um, he was on a on the uh, debate that we just recorded, which you guys probably won't be seeing until the next couple weeks. But uh, Griffin Hotch, he hates the word moist. It's like like every time you say it in front of him. He cringes and I like moist. I I'm with it. Ori on that one. And yeah, I like, I like, like it. I li- there's some words you got to have like a nice bite. Like at the end, you exactly, know,
2: bro. Exactly. I, I, we're on the same page. Mo- <laughs> moist is one of those words. Moist yeah. and banter. I like, I like the word. Banter,
0: geezer.
2: What word? Geezer. Geezer
1: is a nice
0: word. I like lollygag.
1: Ooh, lolly gag. Lolly gag.
0: Like- flabbergasted.
1: <laughs> there are definitely some words I like. I'm I'm not very good at like on the spot, but on the whole moist debate, like I, people are. Yeah, like, what's your take? Well, whenever people say like the word moist, there's always going to be like half the room freaks out and they're like, ah, you it's, know. Very <laughs> yeah, it, it's very
0: polarizing.
1: Yeah, it's very polarizing, and like I feel very weird about that because I'm like I'm very middle ground. It doesn't do anything for me. I don't hate it. Really, you're it, indifferent. I I'm in, I'm indifferent like okay. it's not, how can
2: you be indifferent to the word more? Yeah, it's like how? so
1: polarizing.
0: I don't know. But I mean, I <laughs> it got, seems
2: like everyone has a strong opinion on that word. Really, I, and I, I got,
0: don't, and that makes me weird. I guess. I don't it know. It's, Sammy, you're weird for other reasons. But I got a good, <laughs> oh, yeah, good got. segment here. I'm gonna list a couple words, and you're gonna have to tell me is it fun or not. I was thinking in my head maybe I could make the two variations of those words rhyme, but then I'm like, don't mess it up, Jack. So fun or not? Okay. Alakazam and quick, don't no explanation, no. just two no. seconds. No. That's fun. No, no. Argo Bargle. No, that's yeah, fun. Uh, okay. d- using a using sentence enough with this Argo Bargle. <laughs> I've never uh, heard that
1: before. Bro. Okay,
0: um, gobbledygook. That's no. fun. That's, really? That's, I, no. I just I don't. Know. It's it's nah. kind of weird. Badassery. No.
2: Nah,
0: middle grade. I had no opinion. This is for like someone that's that's like. Uh, Did you look
2: up like horrible words?
0: No, <laughs> I looked up fun words. This is like a an like a wise up- guy, like a <laughs> a, a joke J- cracker, like Ori, for example. Weisenheimer, <laughs> that old Weisenheimer always has a slick comeback. That's a fun word.
2: That's uh, a fun one. Weisenheimer a,
0: pooter, special jar no. for collect, used to collect no, small insects. Don't forget all. your pooter for the bug hunt.
2: <laughs> no. Kerfuffle. Not fun.
0: This is my yes. favorite. Oh curfuffle nice. Kerfuffle I like it.
2: Absolutely. Yes. I like it. I
0: Jabberwocky, it. Hornswoggle, February Kula, Doppelganger. <laughs> doppelganger. You sound like you're speaking another word. language. Yeah,
2: seriously. Gibberish <laughs> I'm
0: I'm like like. is a fun word too. But anyway, <laughs> uh we got some great topics for you guys today. We have um we're gonna talk a little bit about how the lack of fans is gonna impact the athletes. Uh, the bottom eight NBA teams are going to restart in Chicago. Shout out to Sammy Krimstein. Oh, uh, wow. we got Jack Stump Twitter takes. We got the NL Central predictions and preview. We got the What If. We got Buster Only's prediction. We got Ori's Amazon product of the day. And yeah, but let's start off with how will the lack of fans impact athletes? And I don't think I think it will definitely impact athletes because we've seen games being played in front of no fans before in recent years, we saw the Orioles during the Baltimore riots a couple years ago. And uh, there was actually, I think it was Chris Young was on a podcast I was listening to. And he was talking about how it was actually, it was like very weird. And he said when he was on second base, he hit a double and he was on second base and he could hear Gary Thorne from the press box calling it, calling. uh, Oh, wow.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: And I think that it's a really cool dynamic. Uh, I think that these players, Performance-wise, I think they might be a little creeped out at first, but I don't think it'll take them that long to adjust. Because, I mean, all through high school, all through—not even high school, just all through—yeah, your the first half of your baseball career, you're not playing in front of any fans. I don't think. I think it will definitely be a big adjustment for the fans listening, but I don't know realistically. Even though it might seem weird, if it will affect the players' performance per se.
2: Do you think that it'll help, uh, Sammy, I'll, I'll uh, give this to you. Do you think that it'll help um, pitchers, like, get out of their head and have, you know, less of an effect if they're in, like, a bad stretch of, like, letting a few uh, strong hits? Or do you think it's going to be kind of the opposite because they don't have someone, like, backing them or motivating them, I guess?
1: Well, that you know, that's a good question, actually. And I think it, I think it really depends on the pitcher um, because – there are certain guys, Jake Carrieta, for example. I know I'm a Cubs fan, and I remember when he used to you know, pitch before games and during games, obviously, he was locked in. I remember when he used to walk uh, from the mound to the dugout, he would not turn his head. He was just straight, serious, blocking everything else out. And there are guys like that where it might not have that big of an impact, but a guy like you, Darvish, another Cubs guy, but – just, you know, my wheelhouse, uh, it, if you guys were to say. But um, he's a guy who's more of a head case. And when one thing goes wrong, they just start piling up. And it just keeps getting worse and worse. And I think the crowd noise in an away game, especially, helps to contribute to that. So guys like that, I think it has a very negative impact. But really, it depends on the player. Because all players mentally are different. Even like physically, it's pretty uniform mechanics, you know, baseball, you know, different batting stances. But for the most part, it's pretty uniform mentally. That's where everyone's different. And that's how I think the fans, um, they're going to impact players in very different ways.
0: And especially you see there's certain guys like another example is Sonny Gray. When he pitched, he's a good pitcher when he's in Cincinnati. He was a good pitcher in Oakland. He went to New York. He sucked. And I think it's kind of that mindset where you wouldn't have that same problem if there were no fans. Now, obviously, that's his fault. It's not the fans' fault. But you go to places like New York where the fans scream at you. You go to places like Boston where the fans scream at you. That definitely uh, gives a little more of a disadvantage to fans, to maybe the Red Sox or the Yankees or the Dodgers, places with big fan bases. That get loud, and I mean, it's slight, very marginal difference, but I think it's definitely. I, I don't. I think it definitely will make it a lot easier for mental uh, hitters and mental pitchers to perform better.
2: Yeah, I think I think they'll just they just won't get in their heads as often because they'll be able to calm down, and there won't be the crowd noise that distracts pitchers. And I think you brought up a great point, Sammy, that you know mentally. Um, baseball players are extremely different. Like Absolutely. you can have so many, you can take like 10 hitters that have around the same yearly production, but their mindset at the plate and their mindset when they're in a slump or when they're on a hot streak are completely different. And I think it's what makes the game so incredible. And, you mm-hmm. know, everyone says that baseball is an extremely mental game. And you see that by the different mindsets of, uh, you know, each player. What I want to know is, For the NBA restart in Orlando, um, you know, you have favorites like the Lakers. They won't have that home field advantage that they've obviously worked so hard to attain. So do you think for teams like the Lakers that are favorites in the playoffs, not not having their fan base back them, I think it's going to hurt them. How how much of an impact do you think it will have on those really, really good NBA teams?
1: That's really interesting. And... In different sports, I think home field advantage or home court advantage for basketball, they have different impacts. Basketball, I, you know, I, I think it does have a pretty big impact because there are a lot of moments that, um, you know, free throws and timeouts that last long and momentum in the crowd, if you're an away team, can really build up against you. And now if you're an eight seed, let's say the Pelicans sneak in. You know, with Zion uh, and playing, they're playing the Lakers, that one seed, and they don't have to worry about that uh, momentum that's going to be against them. So I think it I, is, is going to help those uh, weaker teams who are going to be playing teams like the Lakers and the Bucks, and you know, teams that are going to have home field or home court advantage. And I I think that in the
2: NBA, in specific you know, when you, when you see a basketball game, it's a game about runs. You know, you'll have a team go a 9-0 run and then the, you know, the opposing team will go a 10-0 run. And baseball is less like that. Mm-hmm. But in the NBA, runs are massive. You know, you could have a game that's Absolutely. super, super close with um, like three minutes left in the fourth quarter and then a team can have a 10-0 and run and pull away and win by a good margin. And I think mm-hmm. that crowd's, really help and they really fuel those runs. So I think it'll have a, a bigger effect um, in the NBA than, uh, let's say, the MLB.
0: Yeah, because well, you, you hear it in all sports. Like, if a basketball team is down, let's uh, just throw it out there, Wizards and Knicks. If the, if the Knicks are up, and I know the Knicks are never winning, but this is hypothetical. If the Knicks are winning about 10 points with, like, two minutes left, and the Wizards go in an eight, 8-0 run, even though technically the Knicks are still up by two points, the Wizards are the team that has all the momentum. And I still think there will be a little bit of momentum because I think the players do care about that stuff, but I think that they're not going to get as jazzed up and as hyped up without the fans. And that brings a, up an interesting question. Do you think that there is, that momentum is not going to be a factor in the season? Cause it, in every sport in baseball, if a team scores four runs in one inning and they're down by one run, you know that they're going to win that game. Just it's God's plan. They're going to win that game. We've seen it many times before the magical moments. Do you think that those moments won't happen with fans without no, fans? Um,
1: I, I think those those still happen because, you know, basketball, for instance, when I'm just like playing three on three at my school, like there's still momentum there. That's true. There's, I mean, it's
0: That's sports actually a really good point. and there's yeah. always
1: momentum. And that's actually you know an interesting th- thing with no fans, and the reason why I hope they do not pump crowd noise in, because the momentum comes in different ways. Where usually you go on maybe like an eight-zero run, and the crowd is behind you. Now maybe there's some trash talking going on.
0: No, but uh, it would
1: be so fun they, to be able to hear
0: that. Yeah, but they do have the crowd noise. Would have they would like adjust it so if a team misses a goal, there would be booze and like like I'm not advocating right now for crowd noise or against uh before the show i was thinking maybe they should pump it in i've been flippy floppy on the issue for a while that's a fun word flippy floppy oh yeah but there you go <laughs> i think that it's, it's kind of like a personal opinion you're not really going to sway anyone's mind but i i think that uh i've been watching european soccer a lot and they have been pumping in crowd noise and it really is like like it's not as noticeable as you think, as you would think. They do a good job with it, so t- I mean, take that with what what you want. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying they should do it. I'm just saying that in places where they have done it, it's they've done like a good job, and it's actually yeah. been pretty um, it's been it's been pretty realistic. Yeah, I mean,
2: we'll, we'll just have to see what they do with the crowd noise for the NBA and the MLB. Uh, but but I think you know a co- a cool thing to think about is. If there is no crowd noise, we're going to really hear, you know, I think teammates will cheer each other on more and they will be more vocal about, you know, as Sammy said, trash talk and cheering uh, a player that's hot on because yeah. there are no fans. To but you do know what that. sucks? What?
0: The fact that uh, they were going to have uh, part of the agreement players mic'd up and now because uh, Manfred implemented the season, they're not going to have that. And I think that would be so cool because – the problem with the MLB is they don't market their players. They don't, Mm -hmm. they don't. And you, you don't know enough of their personalities. People think that Mike Trout was some boring guy on the outside. I bet that he's actually a really cool guy and he just hasn't been marketed like some of the other athletes in different sports. Yeah. Uh, We saw it in spring training last year Mm -hmm. with Pete Alonzo, Pete Alonzo, um, was mic'd up he's a, he, and he looks like just by the look of him, if you didn't know anything about Peter Alonzo, dad bod looks like he's 35 balding. Like he would look like a pretty boring guy. He's actually a really cool guy. And how cool would it be for Aaron judge to be running back to catch a fly ball and be, and be saying, Oh, I got it. I got it. And walking you through. Oh, Oh, it's going to dip. A, like, you know what I mean? Well, I, they did that during, I can't, I think it they was did last, it during spring they did training it, they did it during spring and training. the all-star game and the all-star and game. it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, the one thing try. they have to worry about is the, is the cursing, but obviously you can get a the NBA, I mean,
1: The NBA said that they were planning to do like
0: a 10 second delay to yeah, cut cause, out. Like Cause with away. no crowd noise, profanity probably will be a bit of an issue. Heard. Yeah. <laughs> and the one thing we're, us three are all baseball players. I am not suggesting by any means that we are MLB caliber baseball players, but we <laughs> both, except for maybe Ori, <laughs> um, but, but no, we've both, we've both been playing, all three of us have been playing baseball for, for the upwards of a decade now, I would assume more than that. I've been playing yep. baseball for, for 12 years now. But, um, I just feel like, you know, baseball players spit and this is kind of, we're kind of going off the rails here. Uh, cause Mob is part of the, one of the protocols they have is no spitting allowed. And it's not even that. It's a habit, which it is 100% a habit. I mean, these guys have been doing this for upwards of of 20 years. I mean, they're not going to be able to stop. And also, like, when you're on a baseball field, if you play the infield, the the dirt, like, your mouth gets dry. Like, you have to spit sometimes, you know?
1: Well, I I mean, I I understand it's a part of the culture, and, but, I mean, it's different times, and... No, I'm
0: not saying that they they shouldn't. I'm saying that someone is going to spit. And yeah, well, that's. You that's cannot really blame them if, if, like, once in a while someone makes a mistake because you're not going to be thinking in your head, oh, I'm about to spit. I can't do that because coronavirus. You're going to be thinking, okay, two men, a uh, guy in first, guy in second, uh, cut off play, hit to the outfield. Uh, uh, we're going forward, you know? Like, that's what you're thinking. You're not well, thinking about other stuff.
1: I was actually at practice early today with a kid on my team, um, just kind of having a very similar conversation because the rule is that we're not supposed to spit. And I haven't, um, I've been pretty cautious of it. I don't really do it that much anyway, but yeah, you know, now knowing everything that's going on, I've been very cautious of it, but I was talking with a a kid on my team and, you know, he was just saying it's kind of hard because it's, uh, it's very habitual and it's something it's kind of built in the culture of baseball. And for sure, it's tough for them not to do it. And I, I really think it's about just kind of, Putting a mental block. Make sure you don't do it because I think it's very important. Spitting
0: is probably one of—I'd I mean, assume—one of the worst things you could do. To, I mean, yeah, it. I like, it's like, i mean,
2: so. yeah,
0: I was—I was listening to the news. I mean, there's so many idiots out there, man, and I'm sure college kids are dumb, but these college kids are especially dumb. There was a story in the news about these kids having a COVID corona party. <laughs> And, oh my god! Like I'm sure that their kid, like I'm sure that if I were in college, like I would make dumb decisions too. But not about, not like this. I mean, and, and I'm sure. That, and, and and let me, you haven't even heard the worst of it. It's one thing to have a party and like maybe make a joke about corona. I mean, that's not okay. But like, still, that's one thing. These kids all put in money to a big pot, and the first person to get COVID wins the money in the pot. Yeah, now, before
1: we move on, I just, you know, want to comment on that just a little bit. It's just, it's, stu- it's, it's past stupidity. I mean, of course it's stupid, but it's selfish and it shows that you really don't care about anyone but yourself because there are going to be, I mean, if those people are out at a party, they're definitely going out to restaurants, you know, picking up at least, you know, they're interacting with a ton of people and,
0: and, and pick picking, I mean, f- takeout is fine. It's just so dumb. I'm- take, take out is fine. There's nothing Take out takeout's
1: fine, yeah. But I mean, without a doubt, they're gonna be
0: interacting with people and, and like have you have you seen some of these videos on uh on YouTube? Look up uh anti mask protesters. It is the funniest thing I've ever seen. I mean, some of these people are like 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 these people can vote. That's what's wrong with America, that these people yeah. can vote. I mean, the same person that says that they're not going to wear a mask because it um it infringes on their rights as an American. I mean, Americans get a little too cocky with the freedom thing <laughs> at times. I mean, why? Sometimes I wish we were a dictatorship when it comes to issues like this. Yeah, <laughs> kidding, okay, But seriously, speaking
1: of a uh, coronavirus, we know how that's affected all sports, and we there's a new development today with the NBA, and it sounds like. Uh, the bottom eight teams that were excluded from the Orlando restart down in that bubble in Florida, those eight teams are going to restart in September. They're going to do some training camp and eventually they're going to be playing games. And I want to hear what you guys think of it. I'm super excited. Of course, as a bulls fan, they barely got, uh, they did not make that cut and I'm super excited to see them play. So what do you guys think? I
0: think it's going to be a flop. Really? I don't think that, We've already seen players like on the nets. Really? Yeah, I think that we've definitely yeah. seen players that aren't playing that are in the playoffs because they don't think their team has a chance. Like, like for example, like there are players with COVID on the Nets, and they have are they have some of them. Uh, I'm forgetting. It was Deandre Jordan, I think, has come out and said he's not playing, and meanwhile, the the he could still be completely clear of COVID, have two weeks of quarantine and go into the bubble and be completely fine. But he's saying he's not playing now. And that's not because of COVID. Because if it were because of COVID, I mean, he, he he would be completely rid of COVID. He would quarantine for two weeks. He's saying he's not playing because he doesn't want to go to a bubble when he doesn't think his team has a chance to win. And if he is not motivated, a team that is a playoff team, then how, how do you think people on the Knicks or the Bulls, I don't think they would be motivated to play at all. I think all the top stars would not want to play. I think they would all sit out of it. And I think it would just be a bunch of G League players. I do not think it would turn out well at all. You and, and the are. players that would play would be unmotivated.
1: I'm just going to you know, disagree with you. And, but you know, what are they to... playing for? Well, they're not playing for anything. But you know, I, it gets to a point where it's, by then it's September, and the last games that they played are March. And yes, there, there'd be no fans, but I, I feel like if you're an NBA player and you love the game, why not? I, because they I, love I money like, more because they love money. But
0: more. you can't assume that about all players. I mean, I can't, I you, mean, can't. Mean, you can't, but I'm saying if you're a free agent, if you're going to be a free agent the next year, you are not playing your, your agent is not letting you play. You're not. I mean, you're just not going to play. And cause, cause that is more important their family is more important to them. And I feel like they're not playing for anything. I don't think that they're going to be motivated to play. And the ones that are, I think that they're going to half-ass it a bit. I don't think that it's going to be competitive basketball. It's like the NIT tournaments in, in college basketball. It's like, what are you playing? I mean, they're, and, and for that, they're playing for a trophy for this. They're playing for nothing. And, and and you wonder why, like you've never seen anything like a constellation prize in sports before in professional sports. Cause no one's going to be motivated. Or, I what mean, do you
1: think?
2: Uh, I'll just say that, you know, I think that from a business standpoint, the NBA is doing a great job. They're getting the product out there, unlike many leagues, and they're, getting, they're giving the fans what we want as soon as we can. Not only are they, you know, being able to implement a shortened season that, I mean, I think, I is, I, you know, in my opinion, is great. They're also giving us many games to watch not only from the best teams. There's a lot of fans that want to see their team play, and there's eight teams that won't be able to do it. This is a great opportunity for fans to see their favorite team. And I think that the players on these teams, you know, most of them are young. Most of them aren't major stars. So why wouldn't they be motivated? Why wouldn't they want to play? And by September, they're going to miss the game, and they're going to want to play. They're going to want to prove themselves. And if they're a free agent next year, they want to show the teams that are going to be signing them, why they I mean, need to be signed? We've seen, and
0: we've seen a lot of cases of of, team, of players that are heading into free agency not play. We haven't seen one guy that have has decided to play, and his main reason being uh, free agency. I think it's a little naive. I mean, no,
2: I, I I think that's wrong, Jack. I think that there's a lot one of one player.
0: Name one player then that has that has come out and said they're playing because he wants to prove himself to teams in free agency.
2: Every single player wants to do that. Every single player wants to then, make Then how money.
0: come I can name the guy in the Wizards, the six-man? He's sitting out because he's going to be a free agent. We've seen it
2: numerous okay, times. One, but every but other- we've seen
0: it so many times.
2: No, you haven't. The yes, only we thing- have. No, listen, so many
0: players thing- are sitting out because exactly. they're let in contract
2: years. Jack, let me finish. The only things that you hear are people that are sitting out. But every other player that is not sitting out and is on their final contract, is on their final year of their contract is playing for free agents. Not necessarily. Is- they
0: could be playing because they yes. think they why can win a championship. They, they think they can win a championship. They love. What, what are
2: it. what are the players playing for that are in these bottom eight teams?
0: Nothing, exactly, nothing. And I, that's why I don't think it's going to go well. That's the, that's my whole point. But anyway, I have a fantastic Jack Stum Twitter take here, and it has to do with basketball. It has to do with a good basketball player. Some may know him as Giannis Antetokounmpo. And oh says, no,
2: Jack Antetokounmpo! Come on, man. Ante
0: <laughs> Antetokounmpo, it's it's a tough one. It's a tough one.
1: I. It's a tough
0: one. Uh, well, anyway, uh, the Greek freak Chad Ford go. Insider says, "On Antetokounmpo is one to two years away from playing minutes on an NBA team." That's a very Expensive D League player, and this was from two thousand thirteen. Uh, I would not consider Giannis a D League player, would you? I don't think so. I, I mean, it's it's definitely <laughs> close. He's definitely like like at the edge, but
2: he's fringe. He's fringe. He's Definitely <laughs> uh, a fringe player. That's
1: a cold.
0: Take. That might be the I think that's the worst one yet. That's
1: that
2: might be. Cold,
0: that's pretty it
1: bad. An
2: expensive D League player. Wow, that's kind of cold.
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we're going to now move on to our next part of the show. If you guys have been listening past few episodes, we've started to do week by week our MLB divisional predictions. We did the AL East, we did the NL East, and today it's time for the NL Central, a division that, for me at least, carries some extra weight as I am a Chicago Cubbies fan. I am very, I'm going to be very passionate today, just warning you guys. So we're going to get started just like we did uh, for the AL East and AL, or NL East, excuse me. We're going to be starting with fifth place, working, way up, working our way up, all the way up to first. So um, I'll have Ori start us off with fifth place team. I have a feeling we're going to be in agreement here. I, let's see.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I think we probably will be. So for my fifth place team, I have the Pirates. A team that is not deep their offense was okay but they lost some big pieces and it was really carried by Josh Bell who had an incredible year oh yeah I don't think I don't think he's gonna repeat it I think he's gonna be you know he's still gonna be a good first baseman but he's definitely not gonna be as good as he was so their offense is gonna take a major hit their starting rotation is not good at all so I have them winning 17 games going 17 and 43 what about you Sammy
1: I'm right there with you. I have them winning 20 games, so that's 20 and 40. And with the Pirates, they're just kind of a mess, to be honest. They're, not in, a, they're in a very much rebuilding phase. They shipped out uh, Dickerson and Marte are gone. Two big parts of their offense. So an offense, which was probably the best part of that team last year, not to say it was good, um, is diminished. They still have Bell, who I think I agree with Ori that Bell is not going to be as good. And then you look at the rotation, which Ori also mentioned, and it's just brutal. It's one of the worst in baseball, if not the worst in baseball. Last year, get this. They only had one guy in that rotation who had an ERA below five.
0: Whoa. Yeah, right. I mean, damn, that's not very good.
1: That's not good at all. That is
0: no bueno.
1: Yeah, so uh, Jack, what do you think about the Pirates? I'm guessing you
0: have them in fifth place. Just a hunch. Uh, yeah, your hunch would be correct. I think that I'm a genius. Uh, they don't have many bright spots on their team. They don't have anyone shining bright like a diamond. But (laughs) yeah, I mean, there's really (laughs) not much to say. Cole Tucker is. I think he's going to be. One of the better players in the league in a couple of years. Very good. Brian player. Reynolds, I like too. Brian he, Reynolds. And when you said Reynolds, because you mentioned that earlier in the show, I thought you were talking about Mark Reynolds. And I'm like, Sammy, Mark Reynolds is 36 years old.
1: No, nah, no, nah, Brian, Brian Reynolds. Yeah. Brian he, Reynolds. He's like 23, I think. He's super young, he really underrated. Yeah, I'm
0: looking at him right now. He went to Vandy. Yeah, he's 25.
1: 25? Yep. Okay. I, I was.
0: Still, yeah, he had 314. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, he's going to be one of... If he do not I, mean, I think it's power- But Josh, I mean, Josh Bell is only 27. Jesus, I didn't know that. He hasn't oh, yeah. hit he's arbitration sued, yet. He's he very- I mean, he could come out there because, I mean, he's hit... He's played very well. I mean, last season was incredible, but even before that, he's had some pretty pretty decent seasons. But I think that this is a team... Their their front office is so bad. They've made so many mistakes. They traded... Um, Tyler Glass now and Austin Meadows for chris Archer are, yeah, for Chris oh Archer, God. they traded away, uh Yikes. I mean, I guess they kind of were forced into trading Garrett Cole, so you can't really blame them, but yeah, I mean they've really they made some bad moves. I had them winning in even twenty games, I... Bente, but I right. but yeah, so should I go up with my uh um fourth place team or?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I yeah, think this ahead. is where it's going to start to get interesting. And I think where we're all going to have different teams and different spots. I, I'm excited to see what you guys say. I
0: have the Brew Crew. Okay. And this is a hot take. I have them winning uh, 34 games. I think that the, the top four teams in this division are all going to be competitive. And I think mm-hmm. that it's going to come down. It's going to be very close. Any of these teams can win the division. Uh, I had the Brewers. Um, they they do have some uh, highlights, but last season they barely made the wild card team. Wild card game. I don't think that they're going to be able to repeat that magic. Uh, it sucks for Ryan Braun because I really like him.
1: You but like Ryan Braun? Oh my god! Not as
0: a person, but he's Jewish. So okay. So. I, I- I hate Ryan Braun. So. I mean, I don't know. He's he, a burning is, he, is he a bad person? I mean, I don't He's
1: know. A, he. Yeah, he took roids. He destroys the Cubs. I mean, what else could he hate about a person? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Roger Clemens took roids. I love him, but no. Yeah, so, I feel
2: like Sammy's. I feel like Sammy's criteria for hating people and just people that are good against. <laughs> that that
0: is, that that's that it's kind of true. Cubs. It's kind of facts. Yeah, but um,
1: I I'm actually gonna agree with Jack. I also have the Brewers in my fourth place spot. And a lot of people think this team is um better than they are. Their offense is definitely the bright spot of that team. I really like Hira. I think he's gonna have a huge year next year. Lorenzo Kane, I think he's maybe gonna start going on that downward trend. Christian Yelich was hurt at the end of last year, and I think he's still gonna be a great player. I, you know, like Yelich, despite the fact that he's on the Brewers. But I don't think he's gonna be as good just because of the injury and all the time off, and uh, with their offense, it's not going to be as good as it was, and that was what carried them to that wild card spot last For sure. year. The For rotation sure. is b- probably a little bit below average. I like Woodruff, uh, he throws like 98, uh, I think he's underrated, but besides that, they don't really have too much going on in that rotation. Their bullpen, their bullpen was actually not good
2: last year. It's ugly.
1: Yeah. You have Josh Hader, who they re-signed. Really the only bright spot in that bullpen. He's gonna, He's lights out, obviously. But besides that, their bullpen was below average, just like the rotation last year. So I don't think we can expect the Brewers to be doing too much. I have them winning 31 games, so still above 500. Hey,
2: me too. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, so I'll, I'll let Ori talk about the Brewers a little bit.
2: Yeah, so I mean, I, I agree with everything Sammy said. Their offense carried them, and it's just not going to be as good as last year. I don't necessarily agree with your Yelich take. I think he's still going to be okay. MVP caliber, but I mean, they lost some players. They're just not going to be as good. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm I think I'm a little lower than some people on the Brewers just in general. I think that their pitching is just really going to hurt them this year. Yes, they have Hater, but other than him, like. He's a beast. He's really, really good. But one man cannot carry a bullpen, and yeah. when that's the case, you know you're doing something wrong.
0: If anyone so could, I, it would be Hater, though.
2: I mean, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I think he's probably the best
1: reliever in the game, maybe top yeah. three. Yeah.
0: yeah like I, say I, say Just talk sure, like, top top saying like, best
1: stuff, lights out. Hater's like, a, he's like the guy, you know? I'd yeah, say right now,
0: top five. If I had to come up with a top five on the spot, I'd put uh, Hater, Kirby Yates, Chapman, and then two other guys. Who else would you put in that, Sammy? Would you put Chapman? I would. I think Chapman still. I, I, he's still, before, I mean, you know, one- Before point. last
1: year, no way. After last year, yes. He last year, be before kind of had year. A
0: comeback year. I mean, he, but he's never, he's never been down. I mean, he was rel- always, 2018, he was relatively down, but last year was- He had was a bad solid. month. He had a bad month, but I mean, net-net, one of the best coaches yeah. in baseball. Just
1: to, you know, one thing I will That's say about the fun. Brewers- you um, hear
0: that every day. <laughs> net net,
1: fun word. That, that that's like the theme of today.
0: No, yeah. But um, well, I mean, I just I I agree with everything you guys are saying about the Brewers. I really I don't think that they're that good a team. I think they're I think they have a shot, but I don't think it's as big a shot as the other teams in the division. Yeah.
1: And the one thing the one thing they did this offseason that I did really like. Obviously, they re signed Hater, but they also uh, they also got uh, avisail Garcia. Um, they they pull him in from Tampa which I like. I, I think he's a really solid player, but like we're kind of talking, one player can't carry a team, one player can't carry an offense. And yes, that Brewers offense is still going to be probably top 10, but the troubles with the pitching, is I don't it, think it's, it's, it's gonna not going to be able percent. to carry them. So, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, we talked about the Brewers, and now let's go into third place. I'm going to go first here, and I'm going to go hot take with the division champion and the runner up for the NL Pennant St. Louis Cardinals.
0: Whoa. Yeah I,
1: yeah, I know. I mean Okay. Okay. That might be a little bit of a hot take and I have What's my reasons. Baggie? Their offense is not good. I mean I hadn't really looked too deeply into that team but yeah they um let's take a look they have DeYoung, who I love. Of course, they have Goldie, who's one of the best in the game. But besides that, I am s- struggling to find really even above-average offensive players. Matt Carpenter had a horrible year last year after a good 2018. Yes, he could bounce back, but I don't think he's going to be a superstar like they maybe would need in that offense. They have O'Neill and Bader in the outfield. Who O'Neal's are- pretty good overrated. I mean, you don't think, think O'Neill's good? Not really. I, I couldn't remember. One of them had an OPS just above 700. And one of them had an OPS below 700, which is not where you want to be. If you're a starting player on a NL, uh, runner up team, I'm sorry. And then Dexter Fowler, I like him. Former cub helped us win the world series, but he's not as good as he used to be. So really, when you look at that offense, that great, rotation and that great bullpen which I'm not going to argue against I love it Jack Flaherty is a monster and, and you know Miles Mikolas really good but when I look at that offense it's not enough to propel the pitching to get to the top of that division because that division is one of the most talented in baseball I believe and it's a tough one to win and If you're only fleshed out in one area or two areas of your game, but you're kind of leaving behind um, another area, like the hitting, it's going to be tough for the Cardinals, and that's why they're going to finish in third. I have them winning 32 games, 32 and 28.
2: Nice. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll disagree with you on that one. Um, For my third place spot, I have your team, the Cubs. I have them coming in with 34 wins, okay, 26 there. losses. You know, they're a good team. I just don't think, you know, I, I'm not in love with their rotation. I think, you know, you Darvish is coming off a decent year, but you never know with you, And it, it's just kind of like he's either on or he's off. And with the 60-game season, it could be really bad. But the offense is crazy. The offense, they're absolutely loaded. I'll give it to you. You got Rizzo, Bryant, Baez. That's a really, really nice offense. And that's going to be, you know, the main factor for the Chicago Cubs success. But I don't think that it's going to be enough to carry this team to win the division or to really, you know, come close to winning the division because I have them quite a few uh, games behind my first place team. So uh, what about you, Jack?
0: Yeah, uh, for my third place team and like I said all these teams that are within the first four other than the pirates super close all these teams could easily win the division I think I agree mm-hmm. but sure. I had the cubbies sorry Sammy <laughs> I had the cubs winning uh 35 games net net that's my new word uh jake uh story alley uh jake rocky story alley that's his <laughs> that's his nickname from talking yanks uh he he uses that word and i think i might adopt it it's a pretty cool word don't you guys? another fun word we have so net, many words just today. like and like is. you can't explain what it means it's just like you know like net net you know like just net, it makes net, no net. sense jack yeah i don't get net it net, play, just uh, like, you know but like <laughs> you, you can't explain it it's just like you know end a story like like net net you know like just net net. But anyway, oh, I don't hear what you have to say about the Cubs. Cubs winning a crisp thirty five games. I think crisp. That is, Jesus, we are on fire with the words, man. Yeah, so, so many good. great but words. Crisp, that is one of my just favorite. Net words. net, man. Out. Net net. But anyway, the Cubs, I mean, fantastic team. I just think uh there's all there's a chance that Anthony Rizzo doesn't play because of the coronavirus, because he is a cancer survivor. And I think if that happens, I think he's that. Gonna. Uh, I ho- I mean, honestly, like for his safety, uh, I mean, I he's, hope he does what's ever best for him. I read a report he is, like, an that at he's risk player. He's expected to play. I mean, well, he, I, that I, could change, I, but God I saw that is happens him, he is expected to him Because he is such a fun player to watch. But, I, yeah, I love Rizzo. But anyway, um, yeah, I think that the Cubs have a good lineup. Their rotation is not good. Uh, their pitching is, is really not good, but they got some good pieces. I think that they're definitely going to have a shot. They're just I think i don't want to disrespect the Cardinals, who are my number two team because i ju- I just think that the Cardinals are um are the defending um i mean no, they didn't win anything, but they, they made it to the pennant, net net you know they made it to the pennant. I think that uh that you got to give them some respect for that. I think that you got okay. Jack Flaherty's a beast. they're lined up they got De- De- dejong or is it dehong? How do
1: you Day well, day young. wasn't day even young.
0: close. Wow, I was real. <laughs> young. But anyway, you got Goldie, uh, Goldie Locks, Goldie. Schmier. Who else in that offense
1: though? I'm, t- I'm, I, I'm telling I mean, you, the offense. Not, I mean, you
0: got Dexter Fowler. Thin. I mean, it is average. Thin. It is thin, but the pitching, the rotation is fantastic. Tommy Edmonds a great hitter. That's true. Edmonds pretty good. Okay. Net, net, and I think hit thin. over
2: three hundred.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And I think that pitching is the most important thing in a shortened season. So now I'm going to hand things over to Sammy after my number two pick, uh, net-net. Sammy, take it away. You guys so got to yeah. start saying that word. It's fun. No. Just try it. Just just let it envelope your bot. Just net-net, man. Just chill. Just net-net. It's, net it's net.
2: I mean, your pronunciation today, we've been doing so many words. Envelop.
0: <laughs> we're I a big word pod. pod. Not a math pod, but we're a word pod.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... um. You guys are both have the Cubs in third place, which as much as it hurts, um, I, I can't like be mad at you. I mean, cause you both have them 34 and 35 wins, which I have them with 35 wins, but in second place. And, you know, last year was obviously very disappointing. 84 wins where we're really leading the division for most of the year. It was frustrating for sure. And I think People should not be counting the Cubs out, because, yes, the past few years haven't been pretty. They got knocked out of the wild card at Wrigley by the Rockies, and then they missed the playoffs. And I think people are thinking that this could be a year that they maybe fall below the 500 mark and maybe start a rebuilding. A lot of people I've, I've seen a lot of people saying that stuff, but I think you guys are right about the Cubs and that they're a very talented, offensive team. And I think they're really heads and shoulders above anyone else in this division offensively. Chris Bryant, you know, nothing has come close to that MVP year he had, but he's still a top five third baseman in baseball. He's 900 plus OPS guy. uh, Just like Rizzo. People sleep on Rizzo. Don't realize how good of stats he had. Baez. Yes. He doesn't get on base as much as he should, but I think he could actually have a better year than he had last year. The offense, I could go on and on, but the offense, I think, is easily the best in this division. Like you guys were saying, the problems come in the rotation and the bullpen with the Cubs. And I think the rotation is going to take a step in the right direction this year. And today, actually, um, Jose Quintana, who's our number four guy, uh, cut his thumb uh, or... He had surgery. He cut his thumb doing the dishes, I believe. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but he was uh, by far our worst pitcher last year, and he's going to be back. But if he's out, that gives a chance for some honestly better starting guys to come in. Tyler Chatwood, who did not start last year, had a very good year in the bullpen, had an ERA in the mid threes, He's going to be starting this year, and I think that's going to be a huge step up from Cole Hamels, who, yes, did depart midseason, but it's going to be a huge step up for the Cubs. And then you have Alec Mills, who not a very well-known guy, but—
0: <laughs> net. yeah, He
1: had a sub-three ERA last year coming out of the bullpen, making a few starts. And I think if they could throw him into the rotation, it's a lot better. I'm not trying to say they're going to be like the Cardinals not trying to say they're going to be the Nationals or whatever. But I think their rotation is good enough if they could add some of those extra guys in where it could be an above-league average uh, rotation. All right, so now I'm going to move on to the bullpen for the Cubs. And it wasn't great last year. It was solid. But I think this year, despite losing um, Steve who who is probably our best guy, I think they could actually take a step in the right
0: direction. Who's that because guy in the bullpen? Carl Edwards, is that his name? He's gone as well. Is he gone? Was he good? I, I always Carl felt Edwards like, was inconsistent. He threw yeah, hard. That's, that's what they I got called the him.
1: The, the, he was the uh, he was the string bean slinger because he was that's just like a skinny sick nickname. dude. I need a nickname. Need a nickname. <laughs> yeah, but um. Anyways, I mean the Cubs. I think in the bullpen, on paper, doesn't look great as of now, but they have a lot of young talent. Brad Wieck. A lefty, I think that's how I pronounce his name. I'm not 100% sure, but he's six foot nine and he throws 98, 99, and he even reaches 100 on the gun sometimes. I think he's going to be good. Rowan Wick could be stepping into the closing role in a few years. I think he's going to develop into one of the good uh, bullpen guys in the game. And then Craig Kimbrell, who came in last year and was a huge disappointment, I think can not take a step back relatively to where he was just because I think when you're signed mid after not playing for so long, it's tough on a guy. But now he's in the league. I think he's kind of maybe more adjusted. And I think Kimbrel can be better. I'm not saying this bullpen, like I said with the rotation, is going to be great. But I think it's enough to be above league average. And when you have an offense that is so good, I think it's enough to win the Cubs 35 games and win them second place above the Cardinals and the Brewers. Even on paper, I think the Cubs are a better team than the Cardinals and the Brewers. So that's why I have them in second place. I'm a Cubs fan. Argue with me if you want. You, you can leave a DM. I, I don't think it's a very teams. arguable
0: topic. I think it's very fair. Some people will argue. But I mean, I mean look, any, any, any order you put those four
2: teams in. This is my only objection to your argument, Sammy. You know, I'll I'll agree with you. I mean, I had the Cubs winning 34. So it's not like when it comes to wins. We differ much. I just think that your argument for why the Cubs are going to be successful this season is that a lot of young guys are going to step up. And each one of those young guys in the bullpen and in the rotation, that's a massive if. That's a good point. And I think that you can't base your season off of massive ifs. And we know how it goes in baseball. Young guys need time to develop. Some will develop faster than others. But you can't bank on these guys stepping up to the plate, okay? so to speak. Um, that's the only fly senior argument, but I, I will agree with you. I think the Cubs are going to be good. I just don't think that all those young guys will step up, but I do believe that they'll need some of them to step up to be successful this year. All right. But Here's, let's go to my wait, second Wait, wait. here,
1: here, let me just, you know, have a, just a slight rebuttal. Um, yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, I mean, I did say all those things and that would be improvements, but to be honest, I'm acting like the Cubs were horrible last year in those departments. They weren't. I mean, their bullpen, yeah, are... The rotation, yeah, wasn't the best thing in the world, but it was still above average last year. And I think it may even improve a little bit from that. That's an if, but if they are where they were last year, which I think is you know, probable when you look at stats, I think that's enough to carry them to second place. And then their bullpen last year had the seventh best ERA in baseball. I mean, they're the best in that division besides the Cardinals. And when, with an offense like they have, I mean, they weren't even that far behind the Cardinals, to be honest, only a few points. So with an offense like they have and pitching that is already not that bad, maybe with some room to improve, that's why I think they're better than the Cardinals. And I mean, it's very marginal what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. I mean,
2: yeah. Like, yeah, I said, like, like, like,
1: like we've been
0: saying this whole time, yeah, no. all these four teams are really good. I think you can put in the them in run. any order and it's a respectable opinion. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I, it, so. I mean, especially like the Pirates first. I mean, obviously that's the best team. <laughs> all far. right. So uh, then,
1: sorry, Ori. Uh, now I'll let you do your uh, second place.
2: Yeah. All right. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, saying, but um, but no. So for second place, I have the Cardinals. I have them winning 37 games. I just think that you know this team is. I I understand that their offense isn't great. But I just fall back on this pitching, and I can't say I can't. I can't say no. This this rotation is absolutely incredible. You have Jack Flaherty, Miles Mikolas, Dakota Hudson, Adam Wainwright, Carlos Martinez—all solid pitchers. And Jack Flaherty and Miles Mikolas are like really, really good, and they're young, and they can get better. Uh, same with Hudson as well. Their bullpen is also solid. And yes, I know that they don't—they have deficiencies in the offensive aspect, but I think Goldie can carry this offense. I think he's going to have a really, really good year. I think he's going to play better than he did last year. I think he's going to carry this offense and they won't need to score that many runs when you have such a good pitching staff. They'll need to score three, four runs and they'll win every single game. So that's why I have him here at second place with 37 wins. But I know Jack, you're eager to get your first team, um, announced. So go ahead.
0: Uh, actually Sammy, uh, Konda is, I think, is the most keen on this. So I think Sammy should go first on this one.
1: Okay. Um,
0: just,
1: just before I go into my first place team, I just want to say one more thing just about the Cardinals. Um, and I won't argue that they had um, one of the best rotations of baseball, which they did. They were, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, fifth in baseball. The Cubs were seventh in baseball.
2: The Cubs got worse when it comes to pitching. they lost Did some- they, though? They lost some players, did
1: they not? Uh, they, they lost Hamels, who is a mid-season anyway. So. Besides okay. that, they don't lose anyone. They have some new guys coming in. I mean, that, that, that's all I wanted to say, just to kind of add another little thing to my Cubs argument. But uh, I'll move on to my first place team. That sound good, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. So, by process of elimination, you guys should have already figured this out. If not, I will tell you. We have in first place all three of us, the Cincinnati Reds. And here's the deal with the Reds. They are just stacked. I mean, there's no other way to put it with the offense, which is relatively the weaker part of this team. Still super stacked and one of the league's best this year. Already a solid offense. You have Suarez, who is one of the most underrated players in baseball. He's, Pure power. Love the guy. Yes, he strikes out a lot, but in a lineup with a lot of different bats, really good. Do you know so how many of he
0: hit last year? I
1: don't have that in front it, of me. I, it hit was th- in the, th- the 30s.
0: 30s. No. In the 30s. I mean, it was he's, in the 30s. Su- he's such a beast. I'm going to look, yeah, that, look up that up actually. right now. Yeah, back he back. hit uh, Google loading, loading, loading. He hit... Oh, my God. You see, this is the problem. When it has... When it has the stats on um on the Google, if you don't go into baseball reference, it shows your at-bats, your runs, your hits, your RBIs, your walks, and your batting average. Nobody cares how many at-bats you have. No one cares how many walks you have. People care what your OPS is, how many home runs you hit, and th- and those are the stats that should be in the front. But anyway, Sammy, uh, how many home runs do you think he hit, if you just had to guess? Somewhere in the 30s. He hit 49 home runs. 49? last Damn. He had a 930 OPS. He hit 49 home runs, batted 271, over 100 RBIs. The guy's a monster. He's a freaking monster. So there is our
1: first offensive player that's an absolute monster. Suarez is a beast, and I love the guy. And then they have Joey Votto, who, yes, had a down year last year, but is still one of the best has been one of the best pure hitters in baseball for so long and I can't bet against him. I think this year he's going to be back to getting on base around 39, 40% of the time, because that's where he's been his whole career. And I think that's something that won't diminish as much with age as some other things will. I think Votto is going to be still good, but the thing about Votto is they bring in someone else who I think will benefit Votto. And that's Nick Castellanos. He was a, a Chicago club for uh, the second half of last year, Started the year with the Tigers. And the bottom line with this guy is he hits lefties like no one else can hit lefties or has hit lefties in a long time. He's the best guy who can do it right now. And I think what's really interesting is that you have, obviously, Vado, who's better against righties. And you have, <coughs> Ooh, excuse me. And you have Castellanos, who's better against lefties. And that's a really interesting dynamic. And it makes it hard to game plan against this team. And, you know, I, I spend a lot of time on those guys. But, but you also have Aristides Aquino, who had a great year last year. Rookie year. One of the most exciting young players in the game. Jesse Winker, who's severely underrated. I think he can have a nice year. And this offense is, has a bunch of superstars and is really deep. I really like the Reds going into this year. But this offense is not the reason why. But my reason why is the rotation and the pitching. Their starting rotation is just absolutely stacked. You have Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo, Trevor Bauer, uh, Anthony De- uh, Um, So I was afraid I was going to pronounce that wrong. But um, this, this rotation is one of the best, if not the best, in baseball with the Cincinnati Reds. And when you add that to an offense like they have, I don't think people are considering them as much as they should to win this division and go far in the playoffs because the Reds are just stacked, like I said.
2: Yeah, I I totally agree. And I just want to touch on Nick Castellanos and how big he will be for this offense. As you said, they're going to have a good dynamic. Uh, he hits lefties extremely well, just to show you how well he hits lefties. He hit some last year in 2019. He hit lefties. 370 He batted 370 against lefties uh was on base uh 42 and a half percent of the time his ops was over a thousand against lefties he hit a good amount of home runs eight home runs in 100 abs so those are like extremely extremely good numbers against lefties so they're gonna have some weapons on offense and as sammy mentioned i don't think i could add much because he really went over it all this Bullpen, this rotation, this whole pitching staff is absolutely loaded. They have obviously the three headed monster in um, Trevor Bauer. You have just absolutely incredible starting pitching. And I think it rivals the Nats' um, triple head because you have Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, and Trevor Bauer. And obviously, I think um, uh, Scherzer and Corbin. And Strasbourg are better, but I don't know by how much. And mm-hmm. they have a really good four-five. So this this rotation can rival the best.
1: Well, yeah, and I uh going back now to the offense, I forgot to mention this offseason they go and add Mike Mustakis. That's a nice move that I feel mm-hmm. like went low key under the radar. I mean, not a lot of people are talking about that. And I know Mustakis has seen his better days and he's but he's still a really good offensive player. And this lineup top to bottom and the rotation top to bottom makes the Reds one of the deepest teams in baseball and one of the most threatening teams in baseball. I'm, I'm sad because I think if it weren't for the Reds being so amazing, I think the Cubs could really have won this division, but I, you know, as a Cubs fan, but the Reds are too good. And I could not, Not put them in first place. Double negative. I'm sorry. Had to do it. So, uh, Jack, you haven't really said too much about
0: the Reds. What what do you have to say? I mean, yeah, they're fantastic. The one thing that I will challenge you on Ori, I don't think that the Cubs or not the Cubs, the Reds' rotation is anywhere close to the Nats' rotation. I think that the Nats have the best rotation in baseball. I think that Scherzer. Casti- Castillo is a good pitcher. Don't get me wrong, but I think that Scherzer is much better. I think that yeah, Tower is another good pitcher. I think Strasburg is much better. I think Corbin. I think that the the three pl- the the three headed snake on the Nets. All of them were just much better.
1: Well, yeah, because like Castillo Castillo has anything.
0: as good and, as and stock- when you go to the fourth. Oh. Yeah, and I mean, I know you said that the Reds had a good fourth and fifth pitcher, but I mean, Anibal Sanchez who are then that's fourth pitcher excuse me had a 3.85 ERA as a four pitcher that might be one of the best four pitchers in the MOB if you think about it with that ERA because normally with a four or five pitchers you're hovering around low fours you know and you take that but i mean
2: wait what did you say sanchez had what was his
0: ERA 3.85
2: yeah and, and i mean Disclefani was 3.89 so they still have a good yep. four or five i will agree with you though I definitely think the top three on but the Nats are better. than I, I the think top it's, three uh, it's.
0: I think that the difference is a little more is a little bigger than than what you would think. But I mean, yeah. I'm not taking anything away from them. I think the Reds are the best team in this division. Uh, Swartz is a beast. Uh, be- great pitching rotation. Great um. Great bullpen. I mean, really good team. Castillo's is a beast. But yeah.
2: he, but he, anyway, how, how many wins do we have? Uh, have them getting? Oh. Oh,
0: I, I, have them, I have them I them at 39, I think. I, 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 me too. 39 wins.
2: I have them at 43.
0: <laughs> oh, Jesus. I am, on, Look, I'm high
2: on the Reds. He's an I, I,
0: I appreciate that.
2: I'm, I'm high on the Reds. I have them at 43 wins.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I will give you uh, – Jack was talking about the pitching and how they're not quite as good as the Nationals. Castillo, who is their ace, is a little bit of a question mark with the location. He has great stuff, but I think he has the potential – if he could kind of figure that out to be one of the best in the game, I think he could break out. He didn't know. Absolutely.
0: And, and it's going to take a couple, couple, there's still some question marks. They're not, I would not consider them a favorite to win. I mean, I think they're going to win the division, but I don't, I think the majority of people don't consider them the favorites. I think that it's definitely going to take some breakout seasons. And there are a few. What ifs now let's get to another. What if Sammy take it away?
1: All right. I love the segue. Very cool. Um, And yeah, today I have a pretty recent one and one that I think is pretty fun. So we're going to go straight into it. And it is about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, if you guys don't already know, that was a team that at one point had Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden on their team at the same time. Now, it was not in all their primes, probably in KD's prime. Russell Westbrook was a few years from breaking out. And James Harden, I believe he won sixth man of the year uh, in one of those seasons. So a really good team. But my what if today is what if the Oklahoma City Thunder were able to hang on to those three guys? And what if they were still on the team right now? And first of all, I want to just hear what you guys think before I kind of get into my spiel. So what do you guys think would have happened if KD, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden were on the same team right now?
2: Well, that would be one dynamic offense, let me tell you. You could have Westbrook running the point, the, the, him driving and then dishing Ooh. it out to KD Ooh. and Harden, who are both great shooters. I have, a, I I have mean, a good question. That offense would be incredible. Okay, go ahead.
0: Guys? Now, let's just pretend we're living in an alternate universe where there's two exact carbon copies of Kevin Durant. Okay, two different guys. One's on the Warriors. One is on the Thunder with with, uh, Westbrook and Harden. Would the the Thunder beat that Warriors team? Who would win? If it was prime Warriors team versus all those players in their prime versus all the players on the um, Thunder in their prime, who would win that game? Warriors, because the Warriors, Warriors, were, a still win Warriors
1: were a deeper team.
0: I would yeah. agree with that. Warriors I mean, th- Sean Livingston would be a starter on other know, teams, I would say. And it's
1: inter- An interesting thing with this what-if is that we're actually not too far from reality on this one. Because, of course, in Houston, we have Westbrook and Harden teaming up right now. And Houston is one of the top teams in the Western Conference, but they're not blowing anyone away. Which is interesting. And do you guys think, you know, very hypothetical, obviously. It's the whole point of this whole segment. But if KD was on that team, or if those three guys were together, do you think they would blow guys away? Or seeing how Harden and Westbrook are together and how it's not by far the best in the league, do you think maybe it doesn't?
2: I just think that there's better duos than them. But if you add Kevin Durant and make that a trio, that's one of the better big threes we've ever seen. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, Harden would take a smaller role in the offense. He would shoot less. He would become less of a ball hog. He would share the ball more. That offense would be extremely dynamic. I think that just because they're not having amazing success as a duo, Westbrook and Harden, I think if you added KD, it would absolutely make that offense explode. I think the reason they're not blowing people away is because you have just better duos. You have Mm -hmm. so many good duos
0: all around the NBA. brothers, yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And what's an interesting point is, obviously, Durant is the star on that. I mean, you could make a case for for Harden, but I would argue a healthy prime Durant is the star on that team. And I I think that he would be the one having the ball, taking the shots, but Westbrook is the point guard, so he's going to be bringing the ball up. So where does that leave Harden? And do you think that Harden is capable in playing as the third option on a team? I don't think so.
1: Well, it's interesting. Well, because it's looking at how the league um, has been, maybe first few years of the decade, you have Kevin Durant is the top scorer in the league, almost undeniably. And now it's been the past three years. Harden has kind of taken that, you know, Leash, if you will. Uh, and now, past three years, he's been the top scorer in basketball. And I almost think that if you add those two guys in the same lineup, it's like you're not getting the best out of both of them.
0: Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like a
1: watered down version of both. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it's and you know, it's. That's I think what it makes the Warriors. I mean,
0: that's what makes the Warriors super team work so well, because. You had Steph Curry, uh, I mean, a top three player in basketball in at the time in 2017, 2016, when he was, when there's all that hype around him, Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant, uh, Draymond Green. I mean, it worked very the fact well. that they all were so cohesive and Curry was able, and especially Clay too, they were able to take backseat roles and give Kevin the ball that's why they won that championship. You might think, yeah. oh, it's a super team. Uh, of course they're going to win. But I mean, yes, they were amazing, but we've seen teams, maybe not with that talent, but with good a lot of talent not work out because they don't, uh, they don't mesh. Maybe uh, we're seeing it in Houston right now. We don't know. But I think that that's very impressive how all those uh, big personalities were able and all those big players were able to mesh as one.
2: Yeah, and I think that You know, making this hypothetical big three, uh, so to speak, I think that the play styles would clash because Harden can't play with another big player. I think that if he plays with two massive players, which would happen if this hypothetical happened, you know, Kevin Durant and Westbrook. He would have to take a backseat. He would have to take a small role in the offense. I don't think he's willing to do that. I think he wants the ball. He wants to be the main scorer. He wants to be the guy taking the last shot. And I think that their play styles wouldn't match. And that team, although would be extremely talented, it would have been really interesting to see if their play styles could mesh or if there would be friction between those three players.
1: Yeah, because what worked so well about a lot of the super teams, the Miami Heat, the Golden State Warriors, and even the Chicago Bulls of the 1990s, they worked well and everyone had a role. You know, a lot of those teams, you have your primary scorer, LeBron, Steph, Michael Jordan. And then you have, you know, your facilitator and a good defensive player. And everyone has a role to fit. And I feel like, I feel like Russell Westbrook is kind of a jack of all trades. He obviously, I mean, he averaged a triple-double for a season. But... I think KD and Harden are two similar players and putting them in the same system there'd be a lot of clashing and I just don't know how it would work and like I said before I don't think you could get the best out of both of them if they're playing on the same team. It's definitely not to say this team would be a bad team. I think no. It would still be a good team, but I think there would definitely be issues and we can't just in this hypothetical situation
0: say, Oh, they're going to be the best team ever because it's not that simple. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I totally agree with that. And it's definitely an interesting conversation, but let's head over now to the last segment of the day. Everyone's favorite segment of the day, Ori's Amazon product. And I thought I was going to boycott it, but I love it too much that I have to chime in Ori, take it away.
2: All right. So as Jack said, we have the Amazon product of the day. Um, this is another one of the products that I personally own. Um, I actually own three of these. Um, so I can personally vouch for it. It has a 4.2 average out of five. And it, it's, a, it's a pretty funny product. I really, really like it. I use it a lot. It's called the Aduro phone neck holder. So basically, huh? I it, it, I have to explain it basically what it is it's a massive plastic necklace that allows you to hold uh, like it holds your phone and what you can do is the plastic is bendable so you have it around your neck and you can angle the phone up so you don't have to hold it and you can still watch videos um i like it yeah so you don't have to it's like it's it's a hands-free holding your phone so that you can like lay down and not have to use your that, hands, that you just is, watch TV or Netflix this, or whatever. This is
0: by far my favorite product because I'll be lying on the couch, and for some reason, I, I sleep on my stomach. I like to lie on my stomach, so I'll be lying on my stomach, and I'll have my phone flat, but my neck hurts. So, I mean, this product, can you send me the link, or because this product will be a lifesaver.
2: I'm telling you, it's, it's a great product. I personally vouch for it. Um, I don't even think I need to read the ratings. Just l- listen at it. this is so incredible. It, it's, it's so useful. You're laying in bed, you don't want to hold your phone, your arms are heavy after a long day's work. You know, you can just I- sit there with your lazy neck holder. It's mount free. It works for any phone. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. What do you think, Sammy?
1: I like it. I mean, I'm in the same boat. I feel like it's Like when you're watching YouTube late at night or whatever. Exactly. It's always, it's difficult to find a position that's comfortable where you can hold your phone and like lay down. Like it's just, it's it's tough, you know? But this seems like it solves a lot of those problems. And it's definitely, it's one of the most useful products that you've had. I (laughs) really like it. What's the, uh, I don't know if you said, what's the out of five? Oh, so
2: it got 4.2. Out of five. Uh, all
0: right, yeah. So it's yeah highly over rated over, over two thousand rating. How much? How much does it cost?
2: It is eleven dollars. That's wow. not
0: bad. That wow. is not bad at all. You know, Ori, uh, I hate to say it, but I'm going to go back on my word. Your uh, Amazon product of the day segment has aged like fine wine, my friend. Fine wine. Wow. So Jack- I think- Last we've, week we've, he hated it, and now he loves it. Well, we've kind of that, straight. It's different. We've strayed <laughs> away from the stupid, funny products, and we've gotten into useful, high quality, good, useful products. And I think that's better. I think we're more highfalutin. It's more. It's, it's exquisite. God, I'm really having trouble pronouncing exquisite. Words. Yeah, you Funny words. <laughs> I have, that's another good word. Esqu- oh, exquisite. Exquisite. <laughs> exquisite. Are there any words that like aren't hard to pronounce but for some reason you just like can never pronounce them
1: well the, um, there's a word I can never spell and that's definitely I don't know why everyone the, and I, I've gotten a lot better I, I, but um, I, for some reason there's a block and that's just one I, word I can never spell you I can, can never spell tell beautiful you can beautiful never,
2: I can't spell that I, I don't even like know where to start is it an e- <laughs> no. E-A-U E-A-U
0: where's the B I'm pretty sure it starts with a B but anyway <laughs> uh, I think it's it's a little uh a little scary that we've spent more time talking about the English language today than sports yeah. but like I said earlier we are <laughs> not a math pod we are, we are a, a word pod a sports pod and we also are a word. big word pod <laughs> big word pod man we're, we're huge we're huge we're venturing
2: into here. some new categories new guys new categories we're We might have a brand. spelling bee
0: you may as well a chatter call from us the cheap seats sh- spelling bee chatter from the dictionary <laughs> that, Sammy. Oh, no. yeah, that was all. <laughs> <remember>. All right, <laughs> right I'll, I'll, I'll stop. I'm so sorry, Sammy. You might want to cut that out. That was so bad. <laughs> no, but anyway, that will do it for us here from Chatter from the Cheap Seat. Sammy. Any last words? And make it some fun ones.
1: Oh, fun words. That's a lot of pressure. Um, I have no fun words for you guys, but a fun episode, like always. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, um we're going to keep doing your MLB predictions, plumbing that out for you guys. And if you guys have any um, topics or anything, really you want us to cover on the show, just uh, hit us up in the DMS. We'd love to hear from you guys. Thank you for the support and thanks for listening all the way to the end. And I'll see you guys next time.
2: Yeah. uh, Same from me. Thank you guys so much for listening and for the support. As Sammy said, you can always DM us or call us on our voicemail um, you know, we love hearing from you guys. It's probably the most rewarding thing out of doing this whole thing. And it makes it the most fun when we talk about things that we know you requested for. So please do that. Um, and, and thanks for listening.
0: Yeah. Uh, you guys can follow us on our socials at chatter, underscore cheap seats, pod, leave a five-star rating, leave a five-star review, Uh fun episode. And you know, I got to end it with this net net.